Get ready for Dead Beat Radio. Laying around home alone mm-hmm. on the rain at night like this. That sweet, sweet sound can only mean one thing. Well, it could mean a lot of things, but in this case, it means just what you think it means. You have wandered into another episode of Deadbeat Radio. I am your host, Sir Lance A Little, your knight in shining stereo, defender of the radio here on Outlander Media Network. Thank you for coming back one more time just for whatever shenanigans we can get into. And today, we're going to get into shenanigans with a modern renaissance man that I am happy to get to know, Mr. Nate Cox. How you doing, Nate? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for coming up. Uh, I know you're in Johnson City, uh, but you spent a lot of time here in Knoxville. We've crossed paths uh, a couple times. um, You were in your underwear, I think, the first time I met you. Correct. Correct. (laughs) I was doing the... uh, uh, Oddly enough, that is not an uncommon way to meet me, uh, which is bizarre, but... um, yeah, at the roast of Game of Thrones, yep. uh, I was doing my Starbucks cup, right. uh, which was me in a big trash can with my uh, wrestling trunks on. Um, I don't know if you've ever actually seen me do a set. You, you, you were in the Halloween show the other day and did saw me yeah, as uh, unknown, yeah. the unknown comic, which oddly enough killed and wasn't supposed to. It's supposed I was to bomb. my ass off, so I mean, Thank you did a great job. <laughs> uh, I grew up with shitty, shitty uh, comedy, comedy on the gong show, and so I love that. But um, it, it wasn't supposed to kill, and it did. Uh, Boston actually asked me to close that night and i was like man you know i'm bombing right you know that's what i'm here to do <laughs> right i got six minutes of dad jokes and i'm wearing a bag on my head he was like oh you're right you're right and then it killed and i was like nope probably should have closed that probably should have done that but uh and then again at the game of thrones roast but i don't know if you've ever seen me do me i've always been no, I, uh, I still have it some no. kind of crazy character uh which again is not uncommon i have to uh i love the character <laughs> stuff um and so i do enjoy that a lot because um, it's just a wacky side. Like, I've got a wrestling character I do, and I do some puppet stuff, and I love the roasts. Um, was the Game of Thrones roast your first of that kind of comedy? Yeah, I had missed the first one that y'all did out here. Correct. But I asked Beth if I could be a part of the second one. Nice. And naturally, I was Spider-Man in that one. Cause, you I, know, I, I love the cross-references. So, yeah, I think they're fun. Well, um, I, I want to get to, you know, kind of what you thought about that. But let, let's back up, because I want to yeah. find out more about you. You do comedy. You have your own podcast, The Nate right. Show. Yep. Um, you do a lot of acting because uh, I see you t- booking a lot of shows, um, and that's something I want to learn more about. But um, what, what come first? What 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 is the origin of Nate as Nate is? Well, you know, going back about two years ago was I'd say the podcast came first. Um, okay, I was actually living out not far down Random the road. Choice. Yeah, <laughs> I was living in Oak Ridge about okay. three years ago. Oh. so not far down the road from where oh, we're at okay. right now, and was dating a girl at the time living out there and I started getting ideas just like I should start it I always wanted to do a talk show which I'll get to obviously which later which is why I do this to yeah. be honest I have the same kind of um, uh, enjoyment for type of show this is what I wanted to do which yeah. is a talk show so I, I admire that yeah I just wanted to be like Johnny Carson Dave Letterman those are like my favorite people growing up and so just started talking but it started as your typical just crappy sports show I was just giving like I think my first episode was during like the NBA finals so okay. I was talking about the Warriors and Cavs or something and then kind of grew up from there. And as I started doing comedy this year, I wanted to talk to more and more comedians like yourself. And I've got actually some later today that I'm going to talk to. So that's kind of what the show's turned into is it's kind of like the Seinfeld. It's like a show about nothing. It's 
a podcast about nothing, but I it. have fun doing it. It's my therapy. I usually tell cool. people to. Cool. So. Well, I think you'll fit right in here. Yeah. That is that is what I wanted to do here. Um, I, when I, I did started as a guest um, when we were originally with Stage Diver Network. Started as a guest there. Love it. Um, I, I had a radio degree. Wanted to do radio. Thought podcast would be a DIY way to, yep. to get it myself. Didn't have the technology because I'm retarded. Um, uh, and then got on the network there. Mitch uh, Wheeler, uh, 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 the uh, Stage Diver Network guru, the commish as we called him, um, offered me a show and said, well, what, do you, what kind of show do you want? And you're a sports guy. I'm, I'm yep. not. So sports is a good easy one. That's an easy way in. It, it really, really is. is. And and I I'm I'm a Gemini, so that means I'm too. batshit crazy, yeah. and I have a thousand different things I like. And my life is nothing but dichotomies. And I couldn't settle on something, so I went, well, let's do everything. Let's do a talk show. Let's do a guest. And I took the Joe Rogan format, the right. me and a guest, no topic, whatever the guest. If I bring somebody in who's a magician, guess what? We're gonna talk magic. If I bring a politician, we'll talk politics. If I bring a wrestler, we'll talk wrestling. And then somehow we'll get into talking that time. You you know, mom put you sugar instead of salt in the turkey and you know that's exactly. how I want yeah. and that's what I wanted so and then I did my first episode and they laughingly called me Redneck Rogan and I was like I wear that with a badge of honor thank cool. you and so that was my goal here was was un, unfiltered unbiased unnecessary and that's our motto here so I respect the fuck out of your Seinfeld uh, analogy because I love Seinfeld um, so podcast has been going how long? A little over two years. And you said you've yeah. been doing comedy about a year. About a year. Started in January this year. Oh so. wow! Okay. Yeah. Now I didn't know it'd been you. You've you have a um, de- determination. I guess has to be what causes it. There's probably a better word, but a great determination because I see you doing so much. Uh, so I would have thought further along just based on um, the quality, and I guess prolific uh prolific nature of of what you're doing i i think what happened if i can be honest is that i just i wasted so much time i heard your episode with beth on the way in here and you were talking about where you got started quote unquote kind of late right you know and gary shandling didn't start doing stand-up till he was 28 yep, so danger like, feels like in his 50s yeah, yeah and i just i let all this energy build up for so many years putting it off putting it off and then this year in particular like you mentioned how I'm old are you 30 just turned okay. 30 and so doing all this stuff at one time, a lot of it's because you said like being a Gemini, I couldn't focus on anything. So mm-hmm. I'll just do it all this year. I'll start doing stand-up. I'll find a way in to start acting. I'll finally start doing an actual talk show like on a stage like I always wanted to do. I'll just figure it out. So I saw you've done a couple of those live. That's really neat. I like that. Yeah. And you picked a great theater there at Main Street. Yep. I've worked there a couple times for um, uh, the Bucks and Bells and their Brass right, show, right. and it's fantastic. But um, uh, I love that you're doing that. I think that's a great concept. It's fun. Um, it's it's this live. You know, we don't do too many live shows, but I wouldn't hesitate to. Um, except I don't think people give a shit. But right. <laughs> um, uh, so with the acting, I know you're doing a lot of uh, acting stuff. Is it mostly extra work, um, little uh, pop and stuff? I know here in East Tennessee, they do a ton yeah. of uh, recreation shows and the crime dramas and stuff like that. That's mostly what I've done so far. Is, I've, been, uh, I've done a couple and I love it. I think it's a blast. Yeah, it's a lot of true crime type stuff. Um, and I was luckily, I was fortunate to be able to do a Gatlinburg tourism commercial Saw that. a few months ago. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Nice, so. nice. Um, how often are you? Because that's something I want to get into I, I, with extra work and those recreations. Um, you can stay busy. You can yep. make a living. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. People, it's a lot of stand around and wait. 
That's just how it goes. But it's drive here. Get 100 bucks a day you know it's yeah. not bad i mean you can make you know five six hundred bucks a, a week if you yep. do stay at it um so uh how are you staying busy with that are you doing that fairly regularly is that just something you're doing here and there yeah i mean up until this week i'd, I'd usually have one or two things a week nice. this week i didn't book anything but a lot of that's just because i've been focused on um some of the talk show stuff and trying mm-hmm. to figure out where i'm going to do stand up next just really taking i've taken prioritizing the, prioritizing yeah. the irons in the fire i mean the last two weeks have just been nothing but me just organizing trying to figure out what the hell like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like what's what's important and what can i do about it so. so with the acting thing um is it something you want to do more of or is that just an easy way to pay the bills at the moment like do you want to go further and be bigger parts and do that i do yeah um, for sure yeah. cool Cool. No, I've always wanted to do that. Nice. So. Were you a theater kid in high school? Not theater, no. Just a big fan of movies. I, I don't have it, you know, anywhere nearby, but I've, I even wrote like a sequel to Blues Brothers, which a lot of people think that Blues Brothers 2000 is a sequel, but it's it's not. I don't it's even count not it. great. No, so it's not I great. wrote my own like when I was in high okay. school. I've still got like the draft of it somewhere. So oh. like I always wanted to get into movies and, and writing and acting, but just never just kept putting it That's off. It's a random choice, but I, That's I my really favorite like movie. it. Blues Brothers is my favorite. So, okay. Yeah. Excellent. That's great. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'm a musician. Uh, do, you, right. do you play as well? No. See, I always respected that. Though. I, I, I play. I'm a musician and a big music lover. So the Blues Brothers and the Blues Brothers 2000, if that's what you're watching for, is fantastic. Sure, yeah. The music's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, the music in the second one and the the all star band at the end is yeah. beyond amazing. Um, has a lot of uh, I don't want to say lesser known, um, I guess more inside baseball if you will. But has uh, like Jimmy Vaughn versus the, the everybody knows Stevie Ray Vaughn. Right, yeah. Jimmy Vaughn is the, um, the 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 older brother who was Stevie Ray's big break, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, the Fabulous Thunderbirds was our opening music for the first year of the podcast. Um, and so uh, I love the cast of that. But the f- first one, it's brilliant. I mean, it's the, the cameos. My yeah. God. You know, and it's not even just the Ray Charles and stuff. It's Frank Oz as the police uh, sergeant giving him back his one-used prophylactic. Um, and Al Franken and Tom Davis as the guys on that little golf cart with the monkey and they got mixed up with the guy in the monkey suit. And yeah, it was just it's so it was nuts. The, yeah. the, it's awesome. And I, I have it. I love it. I even have it on Laserdisc. I have a oh, copy. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to have that. Yeah, I even have it on Laserdisc. Are, are you old enough to even know what a Laserdisc is? I remember being in middle school and we watched like a Clifford the Big Red Dog cartoon <laughs> on Laserdisc. What so that's, a, that's my knowledge of what, what Laserdisc is. What a horrible, <laughs> horrible reference to have. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, when I was a kid, it was the thing. Um, it basically is like a DVD fucked a record. Yeah, and they're... they're Huge. Yeah, 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 they're the size of a record. You would have to flip them uh, like halfway, but they were like so crisp. But to this day, it is still the last place you can get the unaltered seventy-seven theater Star Wars. The VHS and Laserdisc were the last two uh, places, the unedited, the same way I saw it in the theater at 77, the OGs of myself. What we bought a ticket, walked into, or in my case, bought a ticket, by my parents and was carried into um what was there on the theater the last place you can see that is laserdisc or vhs Mm. there is a dvd version that's been like put together that was out with this package but it's shitty it was actually like transferred from the laserdisc and not very well so it's like it's even though it's authentic it's like real bootleggy um so laserdiscs were fun my wife bought me a laserdisc player and a bunch of laserdiscs at goodwill when she worked there and was like i don't know what this is but it's old and i figured you like it i was like i do yeah Yeah. 
and one of the this you bought was Blues Brothers. So a uh, great choice for a favorite movie. Love I it. love that. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, were you a big Saturday Night Live guy? Do you like oh, that? Oh as my all? gosh, like that. That's what I look forward to every day during the summer. Because okay. E would play. What they'd do is they'd play a rerun of Conan from the night right. before, which I obviously love being a talk show guy. Okay. And then they show classic SNLs the rest of the afternoon, like seventies and eighties episodes. So I, I fell in love with the original cool. cast, and then even the early eighties, where it was basically just the Eddie Murphy show. But still, like I, I love all. Yeah, that stuff, I see, so. I'm not big into sketch comedy, yeah. and so I like, I like certain eras better than others. Sure. I like certain actors better than others, and certain sketches have stood out. Um, and I like certain so characters are pretty funny, but I just I'm not a sketch comedy guy as a whole. There are a few like people. Oh, I love Chappelle show. No, I don't. I don't. There's a good sketch here and there, but like I would never sit and watch the sure. Chappelle show. I would never buy DVDs of the Chappelle show or again Keegan Appeal, a Key Appeal, um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Any of that. It's I, the only. I love the state when I was a kid. Again, probably not old enough and wasn't a big enough unless you're a, a diehard hound. Um, it was uh, MTV did a sketch comedy show in the 90s. I was in high school, so I thought it was the most avant-garde, just awesome shit. And now it turns out the cast then are um, Thomas Lennon, uh, Ben Garant, all the Reno 911 guys. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, and a lot of those guys, um, Michael Ian Black, um, he came yeah. off of that. Um, uh, Ken Marino. I don't know if you know who Ken Marino. Yeah, I recognized him from uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, almost yeah. that entire cast. Yeah. The, the um, uh, oh, oh shit, uh, my bad. No, it's actually that's me. But uh, um, I'm not. Don't have it on. I don't know anybody <laughs> in Idaho. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, all those guys um, and a few of the other people in that that you would recognize, but probably, I can't think of the names. Um, they all were uh, on a sketch comedy show called The State. Super avant-garde, but just wacky and funny and developed my sense of humor. So I loved that. And before that, when I was a kid, I was a big fan of SCTV out of Canada. Yeah. John Candy and Rick Martin, Moranis. Martin Short on there. Martin the Short, yeah. yep. Yeah. And um, a, lot of, a lot of those guys came to Saturday Night Live but started with SCTV. Yeah. And so I loved that as a kid. But that's about my only, I guess – real enjoyment of sketch comedy as a whole i just never could get into it much I, I, but um i do like saturday night live movies i, I love the characters yeah. like i love the wayne's world i love the the again um blues brothers which is um which i see to me i went blues brothers music wise but you yeah, come right. saturday night live wise yeah do you um uh, like those being because they were before my time, do you like that era? The Dan Aykroyd because it's very dry. It's very yeah. different. I actually love first season, like when Chevy Chase his only season on the show. I've watched a few of the so, documentaries. I still enjoy that. So I know it gets confusing because the people we think were there for like nine seasons. Some of them they're only there for yeah. like one because like Chevy's only there for one, right? One, yeah. And then Bill Murray replaces him because basically he, he yeah. wasn't there for the first yeah, one. They Is basically that right? swapped out, and then after five years, comes back. Pretty much everyone left the show. Lauren. Producer left. <clears throat> right, I knew the Lord yeah. of the season without Lauren, and people hate that. That's yeah. like the worst one ever. Yeah. Um, have you? Are you familiar with Fridays? I just know that uh, Larry David and uh, Michael Richards worked on right. it, but I've never really sat down and watched it before. Um, it's on Tubi. You can act, which oh, okay. is free. It's, it's yeah. you can get Tubi for free. Um, there's like three seasons. It has a lot of people you would recognize. Um, are you an Andy Kaufman fan? 
I'm a fan of like things that I've seen him in, if that makes sense. Like I don't go yeah. out of my way to watch him, but if I see that he was on 100%. something, I'll sit and watch and, and laugh. Uh, have you like, seen Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he's in the documentary about that. that got Jim it. Carrey did, got it. So. The the where he freaks out over the drug thing that that's Fridays. Okay. Um, it's Michael Richards who hits him with a card in real life. Okay. Right in that the movie, yeah. I don't know who what actor it is, but in the um, in real life, it's Michael Richards who stands up and hits him with the card. Um, and that episode, I, I believe, is on the Tubi. So you should, if you're a fan of that, you should go yeah. back and watch it. But I mean, yeah, it's Larry David, um, the guy who played Bernie, Weekend at Bernie's. He was uh, okay. a cast yeah. member. I can't think of his name. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But um, uh, he was cast member. Larry David. A couple other people you would probably recognize as the mom and something from a movie you watched as a kid. Yeah. You know, because the timeline yeah. would be like. But um, dude, you got to have you ever seen Larry from that time? I've just seen pictures with the hair and the glasses. Yeah. Oh my god! But I know he's always basically been the same person, like yeah. super irritable and just like. Well, you know that's who George is based on. Yeah, ex- yeah, I love. Simon and Lincoln, uh, so. me too. I I. I Got into Curb Your Enthusiasm first, and then went back and became a Seinfeld fan. Right, um, and I I love it, and I always try to sell Curb to people as the further adventures of George Costanza. Yeah, in the moment that it sold me, because I, I I did like Seinfeld, I, I never could get it. Um, there's an episode where Larry walks in and he looks down and he's like, Ah, what are you doing? And he's like, Plumbing. I'm a plumber. He's like, Ah, yep, got a plum. Love the plum, plum the depths, and I could just hear George Costanza, and I was like, "Yep, it yeah, clicks." Yeah. And George Costanza, or I'm sorry, Jason Alexander, always tells the story of how he there was a line. He was like, "This is dumb." He's like, "Nobody, this is never going to be said. Nobody would say this, and this wouldn't happen. But if it did, nobody would say this." And Larry just stood up when it did happen, and that is what I said. Yeah. And George was, or Jason was like, "Yep, I got it." Well, that episode where George quit. And then came back that Monday. Larry <laughs> yeah. did that when he was writing Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, have you seen his movie Sour Grapes? No, I haven't seen. No. He talks about it in Curb Your Enthusiasm in the first season or so. Actually, there's a poster of it in his office in the first season. He talks about it, um, and there's a whole thing with like his secretary. I don't know how much Curb you've watched, but I, I, it's been years. But there's a thing, and so I tracked it down, and I had a copy once upon a time. Dude, it's great. It is great. If you can find it, there's another movie called Sour Grapes, so find Larry David Sour okay. Grapes. Yeah. It's a black comedy. Here's how Larry David it is. You ready for this? Yeah. Two cousins go to a casino. It's a 75-cent slot machine. One cousin loans the cousin 50 cents. He wins millions. The whole movie yeah. is, <laughs> do I owe him two-thirds of the jackpot or 50 cents? That Yeah. <laughs> It's so Larry David. Like, the whole movie's cuts of, like, you'll see the one cousin talking to his doctor. Like, he's getting an examination. And the doctor will be like, what? No. You owe him 50 cents. He loaned you 50 cents. And they're like, all right. You'll cut to the other cousin, and he's at his lawyer. And the lawyer will look up and be like, no, 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 no. He owes you $200 million. And so it's this whole movie of just how crazy it gets. And I was like, that is the most George Costanza conversation you could have. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be conflicted on that one. I was. I, I, I yeah. get both sides. Yeah, I'm a curmudgeon at heart. I'm a very Larry David, old man, get off my lawn at heart, and so I get it. I I would. I get both. I owe you fifty cents, and I get no, 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 no. Those are my two thirds yeah, of. You should have come prepared. Yeah. Like if you wanted to play the slot machine, you should have been ready. So you're going to give yeah. me some of that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it's good. You should track it down. It's definitely uh, worth uh, checking out. Um, what? What took you to comedy, man? How like 
Where's your Where's your origins? What's your your fandom? What What do you get into with comedy? Yeah, then? so I just I grew up. I always I tell people this, even though I hate admitting it, but like I grew up on like Bill Cosby albums, okay. no, records, and vinyls. And I I'm gonna go ahead and say this here before you get too far in this. I'm a person who thinks art doesn't change because douchebags yeah. made it. Like there are tracks of his that are harder to listen to now, like in particular Spanish Fly, which is about yeah. putting, you know. Yep. So, so those are kind of hard, but the majority of the stuff still holds up because it's funny. himself is a brilliant. Record. Oh yeah, I still have the DVD. And like, so again, yeah. I separate again. If we found out Van Gogh raped little girls, would his art that's be any I, less beautiful? That's what I'm saying. Like it. If I believe, which I do, that Michael Jackson molested the I do too. kids. Thriller is still an amazing record. But I want to learn how to be a dancer. <coughs> Might watch some Michael Jackson videos I would 100%, 100%. So I thought I want to be funny. So I grew up, and you asked me that question, how did it start? And just early this year, I just decided I need to do this. I need to find an open mm-hmm. mic. Need to finally do it, and I went to an open mic that wasn't for comedy. It was mainly for music and spoken okay. word and stuff. Oh, in Johnson a, City Willow Tree, right across. That's from, a uh, hard fucking thing to do. Yeah, and any, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. <laughs> any comedy show, trying to do comedy any place that's not set up for comedy, especially on a show, not a comedy oh, show. Yeah. Have you ever worked in a show with musicians, like even a book show? No, not oh, yet. It's a no. Bitch. The vibe is different. I've heard Jerry Seinfeld talk about that. He used to open for like Frankie Valley, like and all those guys. Again. They're like, "Why the hell is this guy here?" Like, never again. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that story later. It's horrible, but yeah. So going to an open mic where people are going to do slam poetry and somebody's going to come up with their ukulele and somebody's going to yeah, I, that's ballsy, man. Bravo. I'm not trying to get like super deep, but I talk about this all the time. Like, I just believe that like when you want to do something, like the universe like has to move in the direction you want it to move. And for some reason, no one ever does comedy at those open mics at Willow Tree, but five there were five comedians there that night. It just happened Ooh. to be that night. And I was the first one that went up and went up and did my stuff and got a few laughs, you know, nice. whatever. And there was a girl in the front row, Mandy Wild, give her a shout out. Okay. She was there. It was her 30th birthday. There with all of her friends. She went up, too. She was really funny. But um, a week later, she messaged me on Facebook. like, hey, I know someone across the street at Main Street that's putting together a paid comedy show. Would you like to perform? pay like 50 bucks or whatever i was like hell yeah like it just happened like i couldn't have planned it you know so that's kind of how all that started so it's kind of crazy but i put it off for three weeks before that i'd go to the open mic and just sit there with my stuff but i wouldn't sign up i was just i can't do it. i'm too scared and then finally that third week i just i gotta do it and then did it and i tell people anytime they always ask and inevitably they do like i've always wanted to do it do it go here's what i tell people worst thing you can do is fail and it's okay it's free. You can go fail for free. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's liberating. You may love it. But here's the biggest thing to know. Somebody there at an open mic will suck worse than you ever thought you could. And you will be immensely inspired. Yeah. You will instantly go, oh, well, I could do better than that. It will happen. It will happen. So go watch somebody else suck shit and then go, whoa, yeah, I could do that. I always equate it to like when I played basketball. It's not a perfect comparison, but to that point, you see people on the court that are getting a lot of playing time. And you're like, that guy's a bum. Like I can, I'm better than that guy. Like right. if I played for there, I'd be dominant. You know, whatever. And not that I mean, there's a lot of really talented people in Johnson City and East Tennessee in general. But I just went and I kind of had that feeling. But at the same time, I just thought, you know, like regardless of all that, like I can do this. Like yeah. 
I've been making my friends and family laugh for years. Like I know it's not the same thing, but, no, but I, I want to find out if I can actually make a stranger laugh because that's the best is. feeling. You so. still do have to have have, have both. Yeah. Yes, every asshole goes. Uh, people told me at work I'm funny, um, and um, I, you know it's like yeah, I get it, and that you do have to have that. But there is more. Can yep. you still command an audience? Can yep. you write your funny down? Did you just make a quick quip about something that happened that anybody could have made and three people were thinking it, you just beat them to it? Like, it's very different. Yep. Uh, but it still does take that skill. You have to have that as well. Um, and for me, it was a lifelong thing. I grew up watching Carlin when I shouldn't have been watching Carlin. I was about five. My mom introduced me to, like, Carlin on HBO. And I grew up in the great 80s comedy boom yeah. where every show, every channel, every bar, brick wall, I, I, I loved it. And then now I get to be here in the Renaissance when the YouTube has put it out everywhere. And now there's, you know, so I've, I've got to be a great um, generation gap um, of comedy. And I'm still in love. Um, it changed my life. I've said it a right. thousand times. It, it saved my life completely. So when you come into it, you had the bug instantly. You like right away knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I tell people to do it, but um, not everybody will get the bug. Um, was that the, the first real live performance you had ever done? Yeah. Of I any kind? I've never done stand-up or done, like, in front of an audience, you know, other than... Anything, even acting? That's the first live performance yeah, you ever done? Yeah, I've never... I did... With Cliff Andrews, I did one of his YouTube... Oh, love Cliff. Yeah, oh, love yeah, Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Cliff and I had have done some podcasts together. I yeah, love Cliff. He did his web series, State of Franklin, a few mm -hmm, years mm -hmm. ago. I was Familiar. on one of those episodes, okay. a little bit role. But other than that, like, I'd never really... Yeah, so... I'll have to go back and watch those and look for you. I episode four, the, okay. the League of Extraordinary Douchebags. That was one of the douches, nice. so okay. naturally, yeah. Okay, okay. You, again, not the typecast. You would play a good douche. I <laughs> get it. You. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, I have a unique look, so I get cast for things that I, I don't want to be cast for, but you, you'd make a good frat boy douche. Thank I get you. it. I so it. Yeah, no problem. Um, Cliff is great, so uh, that's, a, that's a great uh, uh, place to start. Um, when you got to the the i guess the regular comedy how with me i came i'd been in music for a long time i'd been in theater so i i like rotc'd you know i joined the army already a few yeah. head ranks because i knew how to be on stage right. i knew how to fall flat i had fucked up in front of an audience before you come on completely unassuming you have no clue like you haven't done this you get into it you get the bug instantly are you still? Because we're we're less than two years. We're we're going to be a year in January, right? Yep. yep. Um, obviously, whether you know it or not, you're still finding your voice. Right. Are you oh, yeah. you you actively doing that when you came? Almost everybody says they come pretending to be somebody else. Did you come with a a bad impression of somebody else? Most most comics' no. first time is a bad impression of their hero. No, I I could have easily done that. Like I could have easily done the old. Cosby stuff, right. but I I didn't want to do that. I just I just want to as generic as that sounds. I just wanted to be myself, and I felt like if that first time or first few times went well with me, just being myself, then right. I'd be off to a good start. Well, you know, even a band goes, we want to sound like this. So I never think that's a shitty thing to do when people go, "Well, my first time, I was trying to be this." Well, yeah, that's the the only thing I would say is that a lot of Seinfeld is in there, and the way he mostly works clean, pretty much exclusively works clean. Right, I, right. I, I wouldn't say that my stuff's always been completely clean, but I always like... Is that a choice, or just who you are? It's a choice, okay. um, because, you know, I've had podcast episodes on mine where I curse and do whatever, and I'm, I'm not against it, but I just, it was one of those things where I wanted to see if I could do it without that. Curse in real life? 
Yeah. Cool. Because like Seinfeld, yeah. Seinfeld <laughs> curse in real life. Seinfeld's <laughs> yeah. a very filthy person. Yeah. Bob Saget, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Full House is how he made his money, but he's a very vulgar comic. Um, uh, uh, so there's a lot of comedians yeah. that do make that if choice. If you go from Sanford and Son to like Red Fox, it's like right. totally A lot of comedians so. make that choice. Me, I'm a very vulgar person in real life. And my, my, my thought too, I've been asked this before about, you know, how do you choose what, and I go, be who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, in real life, I'm a very vulgar person. So on stage, I'm going to be a very vulgar person. Um, because that's how I talk. That is who right, I yeah. am. And so if you don't, like, a, you know, if you're Jim Gaffigan and that's just not how you speak, then don't go on stage and fake that either. Don't curse just for the sake of cursing. Don't, um, you know, be who you are, be who you want to be. So um, so for you, it was a choice to work clean. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You, there's a lot of gigs you can get that you can't get otherwise. Um I, I can work clean because for me it's language, it's not content. Right, I don't do right. I'm not doing rape jokes and you know yeah. things like that. So for me, I can turn every fuck to frick. That's not not hard. Um, have you uh, found that to be beneficial already? So far, Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't think you need it. I think it's a choice. I think you, it works both ways. You know. Yeah, and I think that like for example, like Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. who very dirty, but it's still him. Like it's still his personality. Right. He's not putting on like an act to. No. Try to be funny. He's just natural. That's how he talks, like you were saying. So Correct. If you ever do see me on stage, you will find that it's literally just the way I talk, but yeah. with a microphone in my hand. Um, you know, I say some dumb shit. I say, what the fuck is this? This is some fucked up shit. So I Actually, talk. Jay and I were just talking last week outside of that Halloween show how the phrase, you don't even put the word get in front of it. It's mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. That's the funniest phrase yeah. anywhere in comedy. Because yeah. that, that emphasis between the and then that, that first F sound is Fuck one of the funniest yeah. things. So I love that. And so for me, I do work <laughs> with uh, vulgarity as a tool. Yeah. And I do choose that. I, I, I put cuss words in certain places um, that, uh, for the proper emphasis. I work that yeah, way. absolutely. And I, I think where I was at was this is just me kind of being Larry David for a second, being grumpy for no reason, mm-hmm. was that I started seeing people that weren't funny at all. But they're like, okay, well, I'm not getting any laughs. Let me start cursing. I was yeah, like, that's no lazy. Just go no home. Good. Like, no good. I, I appreciate you trying. I do because I know how hard it is to get up there. But it's like, okay, just no. – or they want to say something shocking. and You have to yeah. – if you're going to say something shocking, you have to have a reason to say it. And you have to say it in a way – for me, the best way to do it is to um, dance around it. And yeah. I mean, like, just stick your toe right in there, but just dance around it perfectly. There's a fine line. That's what I like. Um, but everybody makes their own choice. Um, uh, for me, it's it's about the words because I don't, oddly enough, write anything down. I put nothing pen to paper. I have a set list if I'm doing more than 20 minutes, but everything is just so... I've rehearsed everything out loud. Right. That's how I write. I literally speak out loud. So I've put every curse word in every possible scenario and every play. And sometimes it doesn't work and get rid of it. And sometimes it does. Um, but the edge Lord comedy does nothing for me. I just don't, I don't appreciate it. If you have something to say, great. If you don't yeah. go pull some jokes out of a joke book and just come up and do some street jokes. I'd rather you do that than drop the n-word just because you like why can't white dudes say the n-word i, I don't want to if you have a funny joke about uh the n-word or this that <laughs> yeah. or the other like john mulaney's if you're comparing two words and you won't say one of them that's the worst word that's a great joke about the n-word yeah. it really is um is it louis ck who has the joke about now you're just making me say it uh you're just making me say it in my head yeah, it's a great yeah, joke yeah, yeah. you know i'm 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 writing a joke myself about the time my wife yelled it in the middle of kroger um, and I think it's going to be very, she did. She yelled it in the middle of her, my wife, uh, 
yelled in the middle of Kroger the N-word, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. She wasn't being racist. She was just being retarded. Um, Because I think racism comes from intent. She's just being a moron. She's salt of the earth. Um, And I'm going to tell this joke, and um, it's hopefully going to be funny. But I'm not just going out and being an edgelord and saying what I want to say just to be able to say it. I'm not doing it. Uh, And so I I I don't dig that. Comedy has to have... Um, there's a place for it if you're being an Andy Kaufman, Andrew Dice Clay character about it. Like if you're coming at me, yo, let me, yo, hey baby, and you're doing '80s Dice Clay. Okay, be as misogynistic and just edge lordy as possible, because that's what that character is. Yeah, and I appreciate that character. But you at the open mic, who promised your sorority buddies you would come up and do this, you're not. I will say Dice this Clay. though, like I think if you're going to do that stuff, do it at an open mic. Don't do it at a show you're getting paid for. That's not a time to try something. Hey, this might work. Like, because you have, I don't want to get all preachy, but. Like, no, please. I, please. I did a show good. for Danny Whitson. You're great. A couple uh, months Danny's ago. been a guest here. We love I Danny. Love, I love Danny so I'll much. I work with him anytime, anywhere. And I hosted for him. And I'll just be honest, I thought I did a terrible job. This and is felt, at uh, Gypsy Circus a couple weeks no, ago? This was, well, that last time, a couple weeks ago, was a good show, I oh. thought, anyway. But, um, Grove Theater back in July 5th, I think it was. Oh. Uh, Jen McKinney and what's Oh, Janet, Janet, Janet Williams, Williams. The Tennessee Williams, Tramp, yeah. yeah. And I didn't think I did a good job, and I just felt terrible like for months after because it's like he trusted me to do a good job, and I didn't feel like I did. So like, if it's a paid show where I'm hosting or something, I want to make sure I do it. I'm not going to try anything new from now on where it's like, oh, well, if this bombs, and that, that reflects on him yeah. you know, and the, or whoever's hosting yeah. the in, in charge of the show. But if I'm at an open mic, hey, let me try this joke. And it bombs. I feel better about that. Yes. I think there's still a fine line to take an open mic seriously. But, yes, that's what it's for. It's the place to tell. It's the only art form that can't be practiced. Right. Not in real time. It has to be practiced in front of an audience. It just does not work any other way. You can't go to the garage and just hang out with the guys and do comedy. It doesn't work. Yeah. And when you're – yeah. I didn't mean to cut you you off there. You have to get in front of an audience was all I was going to say. And so – um, it's hard to test new things because you have to be there. And so you take those ballsy moves and go, yeah. I'm going to do this. And then you go, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> and I'll still get some of that if I'm performing for money. We're like, oh, that went well. But that's the way comedy is anyway, though. Like one crowd's going to be completely different. Yet those are things I'm still learning. I'm not yes. anywhere close to where I want to be yet with that. So. Okay, man. But you're, you're hungry, and that's the best part. And you're... So you seem to be a great guy. Like I've never, I I mean, you you may be a total douchebag. I don't know, but I've never. I've played um, one on camera. I've never seen you uh, uh, give me any reason to not think that you're a good guy, easy guy to work with, uh, fun to be around for, from every time I've ever been around you. You seem to work hard. You have a hunger. That's, that's, that's the the things that most people miss and most people are lacking. So I think you're already even a year in so far ahead of the game. It's not even funny. Um, and I, I don't think that um, you could be anything but proud of yourself. Even failures, you know, warts and all, um, we're all going to have them. Um, right. Just recently, again, I've been doing this six years plus. Um, and just recently I came, uh, was doing a show, um, and I, I had a set list ready to go. And I pulled this one, I don't want to say controversial, but it's a little heavy. It's a heavy joke. And I'm not a heavy joke guy necessarily. I'm, I'm not – uh, typically, I'm a storyteller. That's my normal. Again, I don't know that you've ever seen my act, but I'm a storyteller. As you can tell, I'm a mouthy guy. I like to talk. That's why I have a podcast, and I hold every length record for every network we've ever been on. Right. Yep. So um, I I typically do story-style jokes, um, and I have some little – 
additions that are mini jokes that sometimes will set things up. And I had set list ready to go, and I pulled this black humor card out that I wasn't planned on playing. I did not prepare that, and I and it did not go well. And I had a heckler the rest of the night, and it was just like, motherfucker. I was hosting a burlesque show recently, and what I was doing. And I had a, a heckler all night long, and that was the opportunity because that joke bombed, and, and there was silence. And the one person in the audience seized the opportunity and never let go the rest of the night. And as much as I want to hate that person, and I do, I found out they're a musician, and I've actually thought about going and heckling them at their show, like bringing a kazoo or just yeah. clapping off beat. Um, I've really thought about it. I'm just that big of an asshole. Um, but it was me. I'm the one who pulled a joke out of my pocket I wasn't planning to, to tell. And it was me. And I. so even now, I know better. If you go in with a plan, if you don't go with a plan, great. But if yeah. you go with a plan, stick to it. And I didn't, and they seized the opportunity. So you're going to learn. You've already got, I mean, honestly, dude, from everything I've seen, from everything you've done, from everything I can tell, you're so far ahead of the game in your first year. I mean, you have nothing but but pro, nothing but um, pride is what I would think. Yeah, and, you know, when it all got, like, when I started doing stand-up to start the year, I heard you and Beth again talk about this, was it like I was in a pretty dark place. I know people don't tend to think of me that way. Cause like, I mean, I, I do appreciate what you said about me being a nice guy. Yeah. Cause I do try to be uh, personable and loving to anybody I meet. Um, I try not to go to like Larry David on people, but like, I, I really do try to be that way. But a lot of it does come from just, I don't want to call it heartbreak, but just a lot of different things that, you know, that I, I've been able to use, whether you want to call it depression or anxiety, cause I'm riddled with both of those. But I've started realizing that I can't, First of all, I can't let that slow me down. And two, I can actually do the opposite. I can use it for fuel. Um, I know that can be dangerous sometimes. No, that's good. But I, I do try to surround myself with people that are um, actually my best friends. Just like one of the nicest people that I know. So I try to surround myself with people that keep me grounded and whatever. Because uh, I've seen the nightmare stories with, you know, Robin Williams and Chris Farley and how they, you know, what happened to them happened to them. But yeah. I, I always wanted to. Um, since I was a teenager, I've always just wanted to make people laugh. That's what I did in high school. I actually did a Bill Cosby impression in the hallways and in classrooms just to make. People so you were laugh. a class clown, yeah. though. I would. I don't know. Like I never looking back, I guess so. But at the time, I didn't think of myself that way. I just because I was usually pretty quiet. But if I saw an opportunity to throw the Cosby in there, I, I would do it, and right. I'd have people stop me in the hall and whatever. But I always just wanted to make people laugh. And make people feel good and that whole thing. That's why Jimmy Fallon's one of my favorite people. I know nice. he catches shit a lot because he's, he's sometimes he's he fake laughs or whatever. But I just think you have to have that in the world where it's so dark he, and so. He seems like a fun guy. Yeah. You know? he, he seems like that's really who he is. I don't think he's being fake. No, I think that's exactly. just like if, uh, if, I, I if totally he walked agree. in here right now and sat down, I feel like he'd shake our hands and laugh and make us feel like whatever. I start like doing funny bucks. impressions. Yeah. Um, so. I love that. I love the like the like when he does Dylan or when he does uh, yeah. Neil Young. Um, I think it's hilarious. He's really yeah. talented. He is good at what he does. The silly music things. I think he's funny. I I, I don't I don't watch the talk show things. Yeah. Um, but I, I I used to a little bit when the Conan Letterman Leno things were going on. I grew up that with was Carson. A fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with Carson, and then like you had uh, after Letterman, you had Tom. Dang, I can't think of his so, name. 
Yeah, because you had an era where you had Craig Kilborn. Yeah, yeah. And Craig Ferguson came along after correct. that. So. Yeah, they were doing basically Letterman's answer to Conan. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be, when I was a kid, there was The Tonight Show. And then there was The Late Show. So you had Letterman followed Carson. And then when Carson retired, Letterman didn't get it. Letterman went, fuck you, and went to do his own thing on the other network and Leno. Um, And then you had the Conan followed, took the Dave spot, followed the, the, he was the follower. Um, And then Dave had his follower, which was Kilborn. And um, you just mentioned uh, Craig Ferguson. Um, And before that, um, way back when, there was the show that followed Letterman. And I can't think of his name. It was Tom something he was just an asshole just like snyder snyder tom snyder just like the crotchety most asshole ever and i i love those days i used to watch that a lot and even with early early letterman i loved like so that's the aesthetic that i'm going for with the talk show stuff is original nbc late night with david letterman i loved it i'm trying to do so i used to love like harvey p Carr would come on all the time i'm a huge harvey p Carr fan um, and then you would get like Bud Freeman. I love that stuff. He would just have on these wacky, wacky people. Stupid Patrick, uh, yeah. a dog answering a phone, and just yeah. I loved it. And Paul Schaefer, just a weird sidekick. So yeah. I think that's good. Do you have a Paul Schaefer? Do you have a musical Not sidekick? Yet. No, we. Uh, uh, I keep name dropping her. Beth and I had discussed doing stuff like that. Okay. Maybe having her doing that sort of thing. We're still kind of working out that's all great. those details, but yeah, I'd love to do more and more stuff like that. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, I think. I think anytime you can take a a live environment and bring something different, and that's not something people get, because I yes, Letterman's live, and yes, Carson was right. live, but do you know anybody that gets to go? No. no. But here's that in person that you can go to on a Friday night or whenever and hang out, and we'll get something to eat, and then we'll go see this, and we'll see our friends, and we'll... That's great. I think that's, that's what's awesome. been so fun so far, just doing the first two in Johnson City and do, have two more coming up on nice. the 5th and the 14th but of December. But just having people say, this is so cool. No one else is doing this yeah. around here. It's like a little personal Johnson City thing. And what I love is that the show on the 5th that we're going to do, which is a Thursday night, it's all people from Knoxville that are coming cool. to be on it. Because I think there's a misconception in Johnson City that like if you're talented, you have to go to Knoxville, Nashville, Atlanta. Chicago, New Johnson York, City's LA. Got a great scene. And we've got so many people. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they're sleeper great agents. Shows in Johnson City. Like, there's so many sleeper agents in Johnson City that are talented, but they don't go out and do anything because they don't know where to go right. and what to do. So I'm like, oh, well, we can do this here. And if right. you want to come on here, we, and then we can branch out from there. So. Well, I think Johnson City's got a great. It's always been good to me. I've worked with John, Hunter Roberts uh, yeah. in the Tri Cities a lot. Jessica Lane. I was just Lane. messaging him yesterday. Um, yeah. So I, I've always had a great time in Johnson City. And so I think the Tri Cities, Kingsport, Bristol are great beds of comedy so i think that's great and i'm sure a lot of the knoxville people uh that you have will represent as well um probably multiple past guests here um uh we have a great scene here and i'm very proud to be a part of it so for sure um i tell you what man um you have been awesome i probably we can wind up on a break we'll cut it uh take a moment come back uh and we'll uh discuss some other things see what you got coming up but most importantly we'll do the five to drive man but uh oh yeah Dude, thanks for being here. I really got to say it's been great. Uh, I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you for a while, um, and I am beyond happy to have you uh, hang out here on Debbie Radio. I hope you're also having a good time. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, um, here on Debbie Radio, Outlander Media Network, we will return shortly. Uh, I am Lance Adams here with Nate Cox. Hang tight.
Greetings and salutations out there, sports and wrestling fans. Michael Shibley with you here, the host of the Modern Day Gladiators podcast here on the Outlander Media Network. And here we're going to bring you a different kind of sports and wrestling podcast. Sure, we're going to give you the stats and scores about all the things going on in the world of sports and professional wrestling, but we're also going to let you think about things and see why they are the way they are. We are combating the dullards of everyday sports talk here on Modern Day Gladiators, and you can get us wherever you get your fine podcasts, and of course here at outlandermedia.net. that is you feeling i feel a lot of things but i think i know what you're talking about it's the second half of deadbeat radio and i'm your host lance adams we are here on outlander media network and we have an absolute renaissance man a raconteur a young fledgling genius in nate cox fledgling yeah that's yeah you still get that because you've been less than a year yeah you got it's all good I mean, even Bill Gates was only making computers for a year at some point, and people thought he yeah. was just some schmuck trying to make it. But uh, as somebody who, as somebody who went through a, um, because of how I started and was, I think arrogant. This sounds so cocky, and that's what I don't want it to sound like. Um, I started again as a a musician, as a theater geek, as somebody who had. Uh, start ahead of the ranks. I always use the ROTC metaphor. Um, I know there were people who judged me when I should have been judged, but probably did not deserve the judgments they put on me. I look at you and think somebody is judging you unfairly, and I try to give you the fair shake and see the good that you're actually doing. And so, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. No problem, man. No problem. I hope you've had a good time here so far. Uh, I yeah. absolutely uh, loved having you, and uh, hopefully we can work together more often because, again, you seem very pleasant to work with, and um, the people that I – the transference of love is there. I love Beth Tompkins. Yep. She loves you. Therefore, I love you by default. Yeah. Um, and so I knew – um, when we first met, I was like, yep, I like this guy. And then so far, you know, over the last hour, I've learned, yep, I do. I like this guy. Um, and for people that have learned to like this guy, where can we find more of this guy? Where can we find Nate and his wonderful doings? So I kind of touched on it briefly before the break, but um, I've been doing a late night talk show format in downtown Johnson City. Okay, once the, a month? Well, originally, or so coming soon, it'll be weekly. But really? right now, we're just kind of doing like two at a time. Okay. So we did one last month, and it was supposed to be at the theater. The theater caught fire the day right. of the show. I heard. Um, I was there the next night. Everything was fine. Everything's cool. It just, you know, just shit happens. And then we moved it over to Willow Tree that right. night. Which and is also went, a great venue. It was amazing. We had such a good time. And then we did another one at Main Street Theater a couple of weeks ago. And the video for that one actually be on my YouTube page cool. here in a, in a couple of days. So, But we got two more coming up. Uh, December 5th, which is a Thursday. And we'll have Danny Whitson, who I mentioned earlier on right. there. We'll have Joanna Brooker. We have Anna Tanteris on there. And we'll more than likely, I'm kind of putting him on the spot, even though we haven't discussed this fully yet, but Jay Kendrick cool. will probably be on there as well. So Excellent. And then December 14th, which is a really exciting one. We've got a Saturday night show, 
But what's cool is that before that, from 8 to 10 at the theater, we have Boomtown um, Improv. Okay. Uh, the guy that heads that up is from Chicago, so he's kind of bringing some of that Chicago improv-style flavor nice. to Johnson big, City. Big, 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 big uh, improv town. Yeah, those guys are really cool, and we're partnering up to do kind of like a double show. So cool. they've got the theater from 8 to 10, and then I'm taking over nice. from 10, 15 till Great. maybe midnight or something. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's going to be awesome, awesome. Where can we find the podcast? Where, uh, if we're into the Nate Show, where the can we Nate find it? The Nate Show podcast, which that's why it's called the Nate Show, because my inspiration from the Late Show, they like. Yeah, I didn't so, catch that. Yeah. I like it. That's <laughs> the, good. That's good. Uh, the Nate Show podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much everywhere podcasts can be good. found. So if you follow my Instagram page, at that's Nate Cox, you'll also have a link to my YouTube page, and you'll see all the different stuff I'm doing on there. So cool. face, Facebook, and Instagram at that's Nate Cox. You'll see links for everything. Great. You got anything coming up shows wise outside of the talk show? Right now, nothing that's set in stone as far as comedy or anything like that. But I've just really just put most pretty much every ounce of energy I have into planning the talk show, making sure it goes well, and doing all that because that's something that I'm really passionate about. Nice. And nice. then in the meantime, working on getting back in some mics and everything like that. We'll send so. us some links. Definitely let us uh, help yep. you promote it. Send us some links. We'll uh, definitely spread them around. Yep. And, uh, you know, welcome back to coming and anything you do to, to come back and talk about it. Um, we'd love to give formats um, uh, for anybody up and coming looking for a, a, just a place to, sure. to, to spread the word. We cool. we work with a, a, a community-style uh, attitude here. So um, And that extends to our sponsors. We want to give a big shout-out to those guys. Um, big, uh, big props to... Uh, Halloween is over, but uh, a massive, massive shout out to the Oneida Zombie Faction, Mo Mullins and Daniel Blevins, and those guys at Outbreak on uh, Main uh, in uh, Oneida and the Black Cat Curiosities. They they are the spirit of Halloween, and even though uh, it's over, we definitely don't want to stop uh, uh, giving major shout outs to those guys. They're a huge sponsor, and we love them. Uh, and thanks to Outlander Media Network for having us. Um, we're uh, blessed to uh, have people like Terry really uh, commanding an amazing arsenal of shows and doing all he did for us. So yep. I love my home here in Outlander, and I, I definitely want to give him a shout-out. Now that I'm flying the ship, uh, we, we miss Terry in the studio. He's a lot of fun, but he's got so many irons in the fire. I, I, again, Chewbacca has to fly the Falcon once in a while because Han's right. got his own adventures. Um, and so while he's frozen in uh, carbonite and red tape hell doing what he's doing running the network, I'm here hanging out with you. And I, uh, I couldn't... Uh, be having more fun to be honest i love this uh style format um we talked earlier about you know you were acting you were you know uh into uh improv and things like that saturday night live what what's put all that aside you know um uh as far as art stuff uh whether it be acting or your podcast or your talk show what what else is nate about i know you said you're a sports fan what's yeah well what else is uh uh uh, nate's uh, day compared of I um yeah I am a pretty big sports fan and um I've gotten to the point though it's funny as I've say gotten older I just turned thirty but like I used to really care about that like I used to really live and die by like for example how the Chicago Cubs are doing okay so is baseball your prime sport no actually basketball is okay but the Cubs are the one team that like can still affect my mood like pretty much any other team that I am a fan of I don't it's like whatever if they win they win they lose they lose but the Cubs are still the one like the only time the only two times I've ever cried like because of sports both happened in 2016 this is the cubs winning the world series and then when kobe bryant retired because okay. i spent 20 years watching Did you play him. were you a sports i played basketball i just played, played basketball. basketball i played in high school i didn't play much but i played so, so you weren't like a hardcore athlete in high school no that wasn't your defining no, social I, sect I, I thought at the time i really thought at the time that that's what i wanted to do and what's funny is my dad got his number and everything retired at my local high school 
the night of our first show, uh. first talk show. And so I was in the gym just looking around again, and I That's thought, cool. like, I used to think, like, that I wanted this. Mm-hmm. like what, And I'm so happy, so proud of my dad. I really am. But then when I got to the theater, I was like, no, this this is what I wanted. And I used right. to put art aside. I just brought it back up. But so that was the thing is, like, I was really into sports, and now I've just kind of shifted into things that I can actually do to benefit well, my life. Well, you know, but. most artists tend to be nerds. And there's always this nerd jock division, but sports nerds are still nerds. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. it really is the same. You know, it's the, the collectibles and the posters and, and most sports nerds really are still just a, a getting up off your ass away from a, a comic book nerd. Like there's, there's really not a big difference. There's so much useless information yeah. and comics. I grew up on comics as well. I was actually just at McKay bookstore earlier looking at some of the graphic novels nice. and flipping through. Cause I, I still, I hate spending money on it now, but it's like, I still love, yeah. I remember growing up reading Spider-Man and, and everything. So that's, that's your that, favorite, obviously. Spider-Man. Yeah. That was my inspiration. Yeah. Obviously being him for that game of Thrones. Roast. So what do you think of the, like the, 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 the Marvel movies, um, when they did the Spider-Man, obviously we did the Tobey Maguire. We did, the Andrew Garfield, now the Tom Holland. What do you What do you think? What do you like? I, I growing think, up, seeing it when, when you finally yeah, get your, so your dream think, fulfilled. I think that current like Tom Holland is just the perfect. He's good. Peter Parker. Yeah. I think he nails the yeah, essence of the character, and for him to also be British and to be able yeah, to pull off that New York yeah. accent oh and be it, to do it perfect. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, I have good memories of the Tobey Maguire. They were good, and um, the Andrew Garfield. Okay, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it's like an origin story so quickly uh, again six years after the original one it was like yeah am i supposed to yeah but. it seems to be a lot of that like i know this is the most again old man get off my lawn but i see a lot of movies being remade and i'm like that's not that old is it no. and it, it, it's like wow um like the ring or uh no the grudge they're redoing grudge, the grudge yeah. and i was like yeah is that that old like i mean i guess it is 20 years but still it's like really and I guess I grew up with movies that from the 70s and 60s remade that were 20 years old. But right. some things are weird. And it, the origin story gets real old real quick. I have to admit, like especially with the ones that are pop culture icons, the Batmans, the yeah. Spider-Mans, even Superman. We all know it's a fucking alien, baby. Yeah. We get it. Uh, even though people don't all know why he was jettisoned out, nobody gives a shit. It's nobody cares why Peter Parker lives with Aunt May. We just know That's he does. That's why I like that they didn't even. How did you know? Like there was no origin with Tom Holland. It was just oh here, right. here's Peter. Yep. He's and I like that too because, yeah. in all honesty, too, the other thing is is it's fair. He got introduced in Civil War. Not every hero in the Avengers gets an origin. Some people, yeah. people just pop the fuck up and tell us who you are. And there's too many now. It's like there's so many different comic origin yes. stories out. Like you can't. It's not like if you're making like the Harry Potter or the Lord of the Rings movies and you have a, a, a strict source material to follow. Right. With comics, it's like you can pick oh and choose. Oh my god, like, the continuity is ridiculous. Yeah, so. that's why. Like for me, um, the moment I, I stopped reading comics as a kid, I still love it. But it's the moment I went, nope, I'm out. Is um, Wolverine's bone claws. Yeah. So I don't know how much you know about the way this went in the real world. You probably are of an age where you have always thought Wolverine had bone claws, correct? For the most part. Incorrect. Yeah. Okay. This is this is again grandpa schooling you on how it used to be. Yeah. So when I was a kid, 
Wolverine originally appears as a Hulk villain. That's his first. Yeah. He, he appears as a Hulk villain. Um, then Lynn Wein and that group decide to redo the X-Men, and he brings him in. And the whole point was the X-Men were supposed to be a global, the, uh, the, the, the core four fucked up now, and they're out of commission, so he recruits from all over the world. That's why you get Nightcrawler from Germany, and you get Colossus from Russia, and you get you know Kitty Pryde. That's why you get all these different right. ones. And Wolverine is Canada's answer. That's why they pulled him in. Originally, he had his mutant powers are his tracking and his healing. That's it. Everything else is a product of the Canadian government. That's what we thought. That's who he was. So we grew up with this this character who I was never a huge fan of. Um, I think he's too easy to like. I think he's easy to fanboy and and yeah. just jump on the bandwagon. I'm not, I mean, I like uh, I really like Hugh Jackman's interpretation, and I love that version of Wolverine. And I I could see cool Wolverine issues, but I'm not a big fan. So anyway, I'm not a fanboy anyway. I don't. Right. I'm not a hater. He has the claws. They're part of the the adamantium skeleton. Then there comes a moment when Magneto rips all of it out of his skin, yep. and I thought, cool, we're going back to just tracking <coughs> and healing. What happens now? I'm on the edge. This is the most amazing. Oh, my God. You have changed the landscape. What are you going to do? And you deus ex machina by bone claws. And I hate it. I hate I hated it. To this day, I hate it. Um, because it, it really is like really real. And the original interpretation was they formed under the skeletal form of the. They would like yeah, a. It, no. Comics are funny because it's almost like the finale of any TV show, like Seinfeld in particular, mm-hmm. where it's so hard to please. In Game of Thrones, yes. the whole season, it's like it's so hard to please everyone. So it. you get to the point where you want to be shocking and have a plot twist, but as soon as you do it, everyone complains and you go, "Well, I don't know." It's like the death in the family, Batman. It's like, right. do we kill Robin or not? And right. they still tried to please both sides of that. It was just like doesn't just work. Pick, yeah, you then I guess you can. You weren't old enough, but they they had a phone number where you could call and vote. And so my dad did that. Yeah, my dad. I think if I'm not mistaken, voted for Robin to die. And so it's so. like we told you what we wanted. Why yeah. did you not yeah. do that? But in comics, nobody stayed. Yeah. It used to be that nobody stayed dead except Uncle Ben and Bucky. And yeah. then hell, Bucky came back. And then Uncle Ben's probably popped back a couple times. Yeah. But yeah, the Bone Claw Wolverine. Thing thing was the moment where i was like it's cheap i'm out i don't like it. i hate bone claws i hate it i've never understood how they're flat and sword like when they're metal but they're round and knuckled yeah, when they're bone yeah. it's like that's dumb that doesn't make any sense and so like you said there's so many continuities with comics um it is very hard to pick one that will please everybody but you know what i'm okay with that you know the bone claws um wolverine origins for example horrible movie I hate that interpretation. I hate that version. But they interpreted that version well. Yeah. Like I said, I hate the story. I told you. I hate the bone claws. But I I remember leaving the theater after that movie. Oh, you paid theater money for it? Yeah. I remember thinking, I really wanted, like, even during the movie, thinking, like, I really want to like this. Like, I'm not liking it at this Mm -hmm. point, but, like, the beginning of it started so strong with, like, all the war scenes and them going through history. And then when you saw Ryan Reynolds as Wade, you thought, wow, this could be really great. And then, yeah. so Yeah. Bob, everybody was good in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it sucked. If it were a football game, like, they started off, like, 14 to nothing quick. And you thought, this is going to be pretty good. And then they lost, like, 
you know, fifty-seven to seventeen. Yeah. Or something. great out of the gate. Yeah, can't keep it. Uh, can't keep it for the long run. Right. But yeah, I, I, to me, I, I don't like that story. But they told that story well. They did a good version of the Bone Claw origin, which I don't like. Um, I hate though that it fucked up more of the origin movies because you know they were going to do a Magneto, yeah. and they had others they were going to do. So I was really pissed that they they did fuck up the. Um, we're not doing any more of these. I liked First Class. I thought that was great. First um, Class is great. Days of Future Past, even though the comic's better, but the movie still is I good. thought it was a yeah. great interpretation. Yeah. Again, it is... Shoot. Um, I do it all the time. I'm a big <laughs> uh, shaven mastodon here knocking stuff down. Um, Days of Future Past, it get perfect answer. The book is better, but the movie is still good on its own. Um, and There's so much of that, especially with comic book movies. Um, and even with like Harry Potter's you mentioned Lord of the Rings hey are they perfect no is the other medium better subjective but probably but can this not still be good and you know I was telling someone this I don't want to get you started if you don't want to about the Joker no. movie but haven't watched it but please people were comparing it to so the the primary comparisons you'll hear is the movie uh, Taxi Driver correct and King of Comedy which are correct. two of my favorite movies anyway uh-huh. but I was comparing it to The Shining because like, The Shining is a good example of the book itself, one of the greatest books ever. Right. Even King hates the movie. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was the movie considered one of the best movies ever. And they're totally different. Right. Like, there's still a little bit of the source in there, but it's like, they're so different. Yeah. That, like, I watched the movie before I ever read the book. And then I went and read the book, and I was like, this is nothing like the movie. But they're right. both great on their own. And so you have a lot of that with The Joker, too, I think, where it's kind of... I don't want to give anything away, but it's very ambiguous. You're going to leave the right. theater going, what the hell was did, did that even happen? Like, I don't understand. Much like you do when you leave watching The Shining. Right. So that's been sort of my thing with we, that. We got a chance. I, I actually, I'm glad you mentioned that with The Shining. Um, we, we got a chance to do um, promotion and red carpet for the Devan clans Along Came the Devil. Have you seen it? No. It's on Hulu. It's great. Um, it's an exorcism style movie, and then we got to go see the second one. Um, but one of the things I really liked was there left me an uneasiness because I never knew fully what was going on. And I use the example, the exorcist. If you watch the exorcist, there's so many things they do not spoon feed you. You, 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 the whole time you're like, "Why, why are we in Iraq? What the fuck? Who's captain? Howdy? What? Who's that? Like there are moments where you're, you're, you're along for the ride, but there's this unease of still missing details that I think the filmmakers have done on purpose. And the Devane clan did that so well, so good. Um, and that seems to be what you're describing. Because The Shining, um, if somebody asked you to describe it, you could, but you couldn't. Yeah. You're like, ah, he gets a job, and he's right. It's the, you had to be their joke, but like yes. a serious movie version of that. It's yes. like, you have to see it. I can't explain it to you. Exactly. Like, that is 100% perfect. That is exactly right. And um, I like that. So if it leaves you with that ambiguous... Um, I know I saw all the details, but I know I still didn't understand the feeling. I love that. I think that's great. Um, I think he looks great as um, um, the Joker. I thought yeah. Joaquin Phoenix looks awesome. Everything I've seen looks great. I like the fact that he, you know, the Waynes are involved. Um, yep. I don't give a fuck if it's not canon. Um, I really don't. You know, um, I think the fact that Thomas Wayne is kind of the bad guy is awesome. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, I just I never get to see movies in the theater. I'm always a Netflix or Redbox guy because yeah. I just don't have the money. 
Although I did go see the Adams Family recently. We took the kids to go see because my daughter loves it, and we are the Adams Family. Right. And so <laughs> she went as Morticia, or she went as Wednesday for Halloween. Um, she absolutely loves it. And so we wanted to go take her to her first movie. So for once, we paid to go see a full press movie, um, and it was good. But Yeah, I usually don't go alone. I usually will go with groups, but Joker, and then I'd have to go all the way back to Deadpool before that. It was the last time I saw just a movie. Well, no, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. But like usually those comic book movies that no one else wants to see with me, I'll go, okay, I'll go by myself. Star Wars. I'm yeah. paying for Star Wars. Yeah, I'll go with myself. Yeah. I'm paying for that. My wife is like, I will go with you, but it's about you. And so... Um, that's the one I do pay for. How do you feel about Last Jedi? I'm taking over the interview now. So no, no, you, the interview's all about you. Um, so I talked about this on my show, so I always want to get other people's great feedback on it. It's my all time. I mean, not Last Jedi, but Star Wars is my all time favorite movie. Yep. Um, I, um, I, I like the prequels. I'm a fan. Okay. Right. As a, okay. I, I use sports fans analogy. I was there for the shitty seasons. I was there for the championship oh. ranks. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I. I, when when it's prequel time and people shit on you, I'm still there with my face paint. Right, there may be only four of us. We may be those four douches from the beginning of Major League, but that's me. No, and I'm so, still wearing Chicago Bulls stuff exactly. everywhere. So, so I get it. Trust me. I love them all, but I like some better than others. Um, I did not like Last Jedi. Okay. Um, it is aesthetically beautiful. I love the red sand. Yeah. Um, I had some things in it that I really did enjoy. Um, I, I think the aesthetics are beautiful. Um, I, I, I like seeing Leia use the force powers. Uh, I would have preferred it to not look like a cut and paste South Park sketch. Yeah. Um, the, you know, it's like, I don't mind her doing it. It just looks stupid. Um, so I, I liked it. Um, I think to me, I rank it second to least favorite just above Phantom Menace. Yeah. I, I think you're talking about Leia. That's usually the joke that I use is like, I, Watching the theater, kind of like Origins, right. I was just like, I want to like this. I really do because I love this franchise. But when I saw Leia floating through space and she it looked, looked like stupid. Mary Poppins. Yeah, it looked stupid. It was like the Fonz jumping the shark. It was terrible. one of those type moments. Where I was just terrible. Like, Is this really what we're doing? But I think, yeah, I, I don't hate the movie like most people do, but I'm also not as huge a fan of Star Wars as oh, you okay. are. So right. I was just watching it. Objectively, um, no, that's not that. I, it's a okay I, movie. Yeah, it's. I still like it. Um, the other thing I didn't like my my biggest problem, um, is it's too funny. Star Wars has always had a humor. There's always yeah. been a humor. Yoda when they first meet him in Dagobah, or you know, um, snapping at three PO. Never tell me the odds. Um, I'd rather kiss a Wookiee that can be arranged. Star Wars humor has always been there. The opening scene between Poe and the Weasley boy. I can't think of the captain. What's his name? But the, oh, I know you're about yeah, that. the opening scene to me sounds like they picked it up off the floor of captain America and Iron Man cutting room. And they were just like, this is some leftover dialogue between Tony Stark and captain America. Let's just switch. And I just didn't like it. Um, to me, that yeah. was, but later in the same movie, Leia tells three uh, PO to wipe that shocked look off his face. That's Star Wars That's humor. Yeah. That's so to me the opening scene. It's too much. I just didn't like it. Well, even um, I wasn't sure how to respond to this one moment in the movie. I, I don't hate it, but like when Kylo doesn't have his shirt on and they're right. they're forced talking or whatever. I didn't mind that. And I say there's a strictly very heterosexual no, yeah. male, but I was like, okay, shirtless Kylo, he's shredded, whatever. But. There was an attempt at humor there where Ray says, I'm putting a shirt on. But I was like, am I supposed to think this is funny or is this like a serious moment? To me, that's, tell, yeah, yeah, that's a gray area. That one is a quick one-liner, but it is a little cheap. It's a little hack. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a little hack. I wasn't I wasn't crazy about that. Now I loved. I have to say too, I'm not one of these old school guys who is like Disney's fucking up everything, dude. I loved Force Awakens. Yeah, loved Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One. I loved Solo. I didn't like Solo. I liked uh, Donald Glover as Lando a lot. Okay, okay. I didn't love Solo. I did. I really I'll, did. I'll tell you. Maybe I'm being unfair, but I think the reason I, I right off the bat, I was turned off by how he got his last name. I loved that. I just thought I, I don't know. I guess comedy subjective, but I yeah, loved that. I just thought I loved forty years. I guess that's fair. I just thought forty years of build up. I wanted like a real story of how he got his name. Okay. I was like, oh, you're by yourself. You're solo. But it is. If you look at it comedically, I, I loved guess it. It's fair, I so. loved it. Yeah, that I thought sense. it was great. See, see, this is why I like having these conversations. Is and that's why I told you off air that I don't like talking politics. Is because yeah. it's usually hard to find common ground. But like. Everybody loves you like solo. Yep. I don't like solo, but I'm able to see where you're coming one from. One beef. I have one complaint about solo. Oh, I, I love the whole thing. I thought it was great. Um, the opening scene had my breath rushing like Casino Royale. Yeah. You know, it was just great. I have one complaint. He's there. Um, what's her name? The girl that plays Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, Amelia Daisy Clark. Yeah. Or no, no, that's uh, uh, Amelia, sorry, Clark. Amelia Clark. So um, they're there in, in, in the, the palace. He's in the elevator. He's going to go save the day. He says, I love you. She should have said, I know. Yeah, and that the elevator been nice tie that shut. together. Yeah. That would have been, I, I mean, I was waiting on it. I was really like drooling, thinking. He says, I love you. She says, I love you too. Because then like, you could have, and then, because then you could go back and watch the originals and be like, oh, that's where he got that from. Because exactly. he remembered how that felt to receive exactly. that. Exactly. So, yeah. My only yeah. complaint is she should have said, I know. I, that's it. I, honestly, I, I, to me, the movie was like 9.5. I would have gave that last point five. I would have given it a 10 out of 10 yep. if she just would have said, I know. See, because this is the type of stuff that I'm really a nerd about is like movies and music. Like I have so much useless in sports too, but so much it's still useless nerd. It's still trivia nerd. and knowledge and everything. So. It's still nerd. But I feel yeah. like if you go back and watch like Ghostbusters uh-huh. and those like uh-huh. that era of movies, like Harold Ramis – was one of the first people to make like the nerdy guy like yeah. cool like inacceptable dude like, stripes have yeah you watched stripes? i just watched it two days ago that's what i was thinking of was harold ramus like, he's like the coolest guy in the favorites. movie like, yeah yeah he's, yeah he's, he's the nerd that knows everything yeah nothing but a nerd yeah. it's so see when i was a kid those movies those that, that was my american pie yeah that porkies um yeah. those were my american pie police academy that's what I want. Those were my, you know, late night, you know, might see a titty movie. Uh, yeah. And I love that. You know, I'm all down about a might see a titty. I still love a might see a titty movie. It never changes. I think <laughs> you see one, and people say you see one, you see them. No, like, no. it never gets old. No, I mean, I'm still you know. excited to see a titty pop out in a movie. Yeah. But back then, those were what I, those are the movies. We would get them on VHS. They would get the original R copy or the, and I, I loved it. And so Harold Ramis was the guy, you know, Egon is the best character in Ghostbusters. I agree. And I'm at the tail end of a generation where, like, when I was graduate, when I turned 18, I had a cell phone, and I can get on the internet on it, but I couldn't right. just look up titties. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It wasn't practical. So I was still, like, at that forefront of, like, I can go see R-rated movies now, and it was exciting because I might, you know. It was a different world. We had to work like, so yeah. hard. Like, it wasn't easy. You There's had to no know somebody. Anymore. It's like, I, I miss the mystery. I do, too. I like, I'm too. just as attracted to a female in, like, a waitress outfit as I am. Like, yeah. I go to an Italian restaurant down the road here. Mm-hmm. I'm just as attracted to that woman as I am Tyra yes. Banks on the swimsuit issue. Yes. I yeah. like 
I like all spectrums of whether it's fully naked or, <laughs> um, you know, dressed and hidden. Yeah. I like that too. I like the mystery. One of the things that um, that makes me think of is I did grow up in a different generation where we got away with no, I'm your father. You could not do that today. Yeah. You could not get away with that big of a twist and nobody know. Yeah. There's and we waited, um, you know, year three years between movies felt like an eternity because yep. there are no internet spoilers. There are no set picks. There are no, if you were lucky, you picked up a magazine that might have two pictures. Solo's fate for anyone that hadn't seen Force Awakens yet was spoiled for me on Instagram, of all things, looking at basketball clips. I wanted to post it in the comments. Solo blank, blank, blank at the end. And I was a friend like, of mine pick, posted a pic. And he, uh, he posted it. He shared it to a friend's page to get that guy. And I was like, you dick. You know, this shows up in all of our fucking timelines. Um, and I was, I was heartbroken. But... Because that's my, you know, that's my favorite character of my favorite movie. So that's my favorite part of my favorite thing. Um, and I had waited a long time for this movie. Um, again, OG, right? Been there since '77, um, and I was very upset. But I didn't let it beat me. I still love the movie. Um, I would put Force Awakens probably tied for really my good. favorite of all of them. It's really good. Um, New Hope original. So again, '77. That's my all-time favorite. I would easily put Force Awakens in a tight position if nothing else second place um so because i did i did i loved it a lot i thought it was yep. great and rogue one was fantastic so i love the new stuff but last jedi just i thought the story was all over the place to, to get back it to your original was. question that's the other complaint that i, I, would I have think there it. was no editor i thought it was too funny in a nutshell too funny too all over the place i thought her using the force looked stupid but it was a great idea um and then but again aesthetically beautiful i love that i love the sand um i love the skywalker um you know curmudgeon uh luke doing i, I thought it was great um i thought he was gonna be yoda he was gonna basically fuck with her the way yoda, yoda fucked with him which yeah. i was down for and that's kind of what happened i wish they had done more of that and done it better um you know like the third one of the 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 lightsaber um I still have a major issue with where the fuck does that lightsaber come from? Uh, that lightsaber was lost in Bestman down a uh, trash chute in the middle yeah. of space. And I know there's, well, if you read this comic, no, no, I'm not buying that. I don't, I've been seeing a lot of that I hate lately. That. We got rid of Expanded Universe so for like, a reason. This new series, Rise of Kylo Ren, apparently informs a lot of his origin and well, all that. It's like, the, I don't want to read the comics. It's like, I, mean, I love comics. I don't want to read it. I, just want to I don't it. buy that. Even when Expanded Universe was a thing, I did not buy it, did not believe it, did, don't care. If it's not in the movies, I don't buy it. Um, now, if you give me a TV show like a, like Marvel does and says, hey, these are canon. Okay, we made these yeah. TV shows. I'll, I'll buy that because I know the Clone War cartoon, they consider that canon. Okay. Well, somewhere in some comic, apparently, um, you know, Kylo has Vader's helmet. Yep. We have to think, how did he get that? Apparently, the, the the how he got the helmet ties to how the lightsaber got found as well. I don't know the whole story. Don't follow it. But there's something there. And so, to me, that should not be the, the lightsaber that she has. That's another beef I have. But that starts in Force Awakens. Again, shouldn't have happened there. But I'm a huge fan. I'm dying for Rise of Skywalker. I'm really hoping to be proven right. Um, I've, I've said this um, since before Force Awakens. Um, so, this was my theory long before I saw Force Awakens, and I still buy it. Um, 
uh, Ray and and uh, Kylo were brother and sister. That's Han and Leia's kids. There's no doubt. Yeah, because the person I saw last shot I was complained like the line that your parents were nobodies nah, or whatever. That's I was what like, you spoiled, don't actually believe that, do you? That's like, what a spoiled older brother would yeah, tell. Well, I, would, I have kids. That's what I would. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I would do to my yeah. little sister. I'd be like um, they were nobodies. No, I've said all along that I, again before the movie even came out. Like so, I, I want to state this, and if I'm wrong, I will eat some major fucking crow because I've been on this for five, six years. Um, but Ray and Ren, boom, boom. Um, uh, I, I was already right because I called Kylo and did turn it because before the movie came out, I said these are their children. I got one right, um, and I was like, it's easy. Kylo, that's part Sky and Solo. That's easy. Um, that Ren and Ray, boom, boom. That's them. Um, the the scene. These these are what backs my theory. The scene where she's left on Jakku, and that's Han, that's Luke probably doing the work to hide her from her brother who just went yeah. fucking nuts. Um, the same way they hid Luke and Leia. Um, so I, I firmly, firmly, and also go back and watch the way Han talks to her. Han talks to her like a divorced dad seeing his kids on the weekend does. Look at the way Leia talks to her. Leia talks to her the way a mom does. She hugs her. Like Han's like, you, you're not bad. You you want a job? Yeah, yeah. That's a divorced dad seeing his kids on the weekend, not knowing what to say, but trying. Go back and watch, and you'll see it. Um, how do Kylo and Ray connect so well? They're fucking brothers and sisters. Um, so I do firmly believe that's what's happened. Um, and again, Kylo knows. He's known all along. Um, so that's my theory. And I'm dying to be proven right or eat a shit ton of crow. No, like this, um, we're going to change the subject. This spoiler generation that we were talking about, mm -hmm. it's why it's why I was Spider-Man at Game of Thrones Rose because I never watched the show. I, I got out of it because early on. There were two people that I got tired of on Facebook. People that spoiled Game of Thrones and people that complained about, about people spoiling. Spoiling. So I just thought, just either watch the show, just watch the show or yeah. don't, but don't post about it ever. That's, yeah. That was uh, that was me being Larry David, as we keep talking. I get about. it. Like, I was no, just, like, just leave 100%, me alone. hundred percent. I get it. I get it. 100%. And I got that way with Walking Dead too before when it was still popular. You know, so I got burnt out on Game of Thrones. I was watching pretty regularly. And got burnt out. That's why I did the Starbucks Cup. I was like, I don't know any of the jokes. I don't yeah. know any of the current characters. My jokes are five seasons out of date because that's where my knowledge stops. Yes, I could catch up, but I'm not emotionally invested, so let's do something wacky. Hence the Starbucks Cup, which was, I think, my, hilarious. My premise the whole time was how, what would I do if I were in the Game of Thrones universe? Oh, I'd flirt with Daenerys. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I would do. So I just thought, okay, I'll do it as Spider-Man. There you go. He's somehow, because this whole multiverse thing, he's somehow in the Game of Thrones universe Well, I now. thought it was great. I thought you did so, awesome with just, it. So. That's why the whole thing, I didn't even, I don't think I made a joke about Daenerys. I just flirted with her the whole time and then moved on to like other people. I didn't roast stage. anybody. I yeah. made a couple coffee jokes and was out. I didn't roast anybody because I didn't know the characters or their fates or any of that at this yeah. point. Oh, I was and, just behind. And shout out to Alexis Clayton for being a wonderful Daenerys and she being a good sport because she put up with my bullshit. So was she nice. was great. No, no. Um, <laughs> she came running and I was I was like half dressed and she was like I need your help and I was like okay and she yanked me into the bathroom and I had to help her get dressed and because of the cup I couldn't see anything I was like just so you know yeah. I was like yeah. I'm helping you I can barely move but I can't see anything so you're good I was like no I'm also going to tell you if you do show me something I'm going to take that as like a tip like just, yeah, just as you know if you like again, a titty, we get excited about stuff if like a titty that, flies so. into my field of vision I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about that yeah. she was like great and so I, she she awesome she had the best spirit about it and she was amazing um, she is a wonderful comic she yeah. is a beautiful woman yep. but she's an amazing comic and apparently takes it very well yep um, 
Nate, man, I cannot tell you how fun this has been. I love talking Star Wars and and those kind of things with you in comic books, but um, I want to talk a five to drive. Are okay. you ready to do, do the five questions I ask every guest to drive this Let's episode do it. home? Let's do it. I, I didn't know you very well coming into this. We we've said that we we're our friendship is quite burgeoning at this moment. Yep. Um. So I I, I perused your Facebook and so okay, I, I wow. went looking for something to create because as you know the first um question on my five to drive is a top five list. It's a little meta joke I like to do. Um. Plus I love countdowns and lists and comparing. Yeah, I mean and I'm so, a Letterman, so top ten. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I love comparing lists. So I go and each one each guest gets their own top five, and I hate doing. Top five comedies, top five movies. I hate those. I want something deep. Now, I, I reserve those for special people. Terry is a very special part of my show. Yeah. He got top five all-time favorite movies, right? So with you, I went looking, and I thought, what am I going to do? And then I thought, well, here's here's somebody who is a nerd, again, a sports nerd, a yep. movie nerd. Let's combine them. I want your top five sports movies. Okay, so f- like five to one? Uh, or does no, it, no, or, no, no, yeah, yeah. I don't do them in order because um, um, they'll change any time. But I want your top five all-time favorite sports movies. So one is Coach Carter. Okay, okay. And what's funny about that being my favorite is I have an issue with it. That whole um, storyline with Ashanti's character getting an abortion or whatever. That didn't happen I've in never seen it. The okay. movie's based on a real story. That, that that was MTV Films adding that in to help promote 16 and Pregnant or whatever. Okay, that makes I'm sense. I'm not really into that. So, like, usually when those scenes are on, I just kind of skip them. But the rest of that movie, the inspiration and Sorry. all of it is, is great. No. That's uh, Samuel Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's yeah. based on a true story? Yeah. Um, I don't see a lot of those not being a huge sports fan. Most of my list is sports comedies, I'm not going to lie. Um, just due to the fact that that's kind of what I like. Uh, but um, I like some real sports movies, but I don't have a lot of those on my list. Um, Car- coach Carter, I-, I remember coming out, basketball. The, yeah. It's the stand and deliver, the the coach that inspires. The, the So um, haven't seen it, but I didn't know that uh, Shanti was in that. Yeah, I, I really like it. And I think it's just special to me because I was basketball. playing basketball in high school when the movie came out. So right. to be able to – I connected with a lot of it. Okay. And, um, that's the one movie scene – um, that makes me cry is because he's always asking the one player what's your deepest fear throughout the whole movie and then at the towards the end when he, the kid gets up and says our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate that we're powerful bond beyond measure and does that whole speech like it just it moves I'm, me every time i'm so, an empath if you he, oh yeah I, I, again mm. i i cry when the fat kids beat the jocks to win the camp i i'm a crier so I, someone, I will lose it i had someone message me two days ago i was like i've been watching your stuff i think what you're doing is really cool like i got emotional just like just yeah, I'm that way. I'll cry over I, Oh, in a heartbeat. So. Yeah, I cry at everything. Because, again, if you tell a good story, I, I, I'll get wrapped up in it, um, even if it doesn't personally involve me. Good song. Brad Paisley's Half the Man I Didn't Have to Be. I'm not a step-parent. I'm not a step-kid. I've never had a step-anything in my life. Dude, ball every time I hear yeah. that fucking song. So I'm just a douche like that. But uh, Coach Carter, excellent choice. Coach That's uh, highly respected. All right, I probably should have put this at number one, but I put uh, Space Jam. In there too. You're gonna hate me. Never seen it. It's okay. Um, My wife loves it. I've never. Most seen of it. these are gonna be basketball. Oh, that's fine. That's so, fine. Uh, white man can't jump would be another one. I, I, I have seen that one. I do not like it, but I have seen it. Uh, I hate Rosie Perez. Fucking. I. You know what? I don't hate her, Rosie but I understand Perez. why people would oh. not be able to stand her. Yeah, it's that thick Brooklyn and thick like Hispanic accent attitude. attitude. Yeah, mm, just, which is kind of why I like. You know, I anyway. guess, but I, um, I hate her. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Um, Moneyball. 
I really want to see that. I've not, and I have opportunities. It's been out long enough. Yeah. Um. I I don't like Brad Pitt that well, but I, I occasionally will pull something out of my ass that I enjoy from him. There's, but I like Jonah Hill, and he looks good in that. So, Jonah Hill is like the whole movie's true story. Right. 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 And Jonah Hill's playing a you know a guy that a mathematician. Yeah. Right? Was inventing kind of new ways to look at the game of baseball. And my favorite line, really maybe in any movie ever, is when Brad Pitt says to him. It's a problem that you think that you have to explain yourself or that we have to explain ourselves. He said, don't for anyone ever. And it's like the way I've been approaching like comedy and all the stuff I'm doing is it's like, I'm always like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't do it this way. It's like, no, let me do it my way. And then if I need to adjust from there, I'll adjust. But so anytime I need kind of to recalibrate, I'll watch that movie just to sort of do that. And then I think, um, Either version of the longest yard would be my okay. number five, like the, the Sandler or the original Burt Reynolds version. Either okay, one. I so. would like them both. I'm sure I love Burt Reynolds, um, uh, but I've never seen either. You'd like the Sandler because there's so Stone many Cold. wrestler cameos, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just a good movie anyway. But yeah. yeah um, so again, I think that's a great list. I'll, I will actually definitely check out the Longest Yard and Moneyball because I want to see those. Um, mine are all comedies. I just knew that's well, not all comedies. Um, Ready to Rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah, David Arquette. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I love wrestling, but you don't have to love wrestling yeah. to enjoy that. Um, I have the same issue with Detroit Rock City. My wife's like, I hate Kiss. It's not about Kiss. It's about Kiss I'm fans. I'm a big Kiss fan, yeah. So, it's not yeah. about Kiss fans. Um, I mean, it's not about Kiss. It's about Kiss fans. Yeah. And so Ready to Rumble is the same thing. It's like, it's not about wrestling as much as it's about wrestling fans. Yeah, and that's the thing with Detroit Rock City, the song. It's, it's about that whole idea of just being a fan, and we're going to yeah. drive, we're going to go, and we might not even make it there, love but we're going to go. I <laughs> love it, love it. So for me, Ready to Rumble was the first one, because I absolutely think it's great. I think it's so good as a wrestling fan. It's such a good version of wrestling fans. Um, and then Bad News Bears. Mm. Um, I love the original Walter Matthau, but the Billy Bob Thornton is great good at too. That. Yeah. So I love that. I like the – I'm always a fan of the – oddball outcast losers yep. coming together. It's why I like X-Men and why I like things like that where you take these lovable outcasts from all these other places and put them together yep. and they learn to work you'll, together. You'll love Longest Yard. Nice. nice. Um, I, want, I, I couldn't decide so I gave a tie slot to Major League and Bull Durham. I love them both. Couldn't pick which one so I gave them a tie slot. Yeah. Bull Durham, obviously a little more serious, but super sexy, still super funny. I, I fucking love uh, Don Johnson. He is so good in that. Um, but then again, Major League's great. Major Dude. League's hilarious, yeah. He Wesley Snipes, so good at that as as uh, Willie Mays Hayes. You may what is it? You may bat like Hayes, but you run like shit. <laughs> um, and so I just I think it's great. Serrano is so good in that was with his little Joe Boo and and all the silliness again. Outcast coming together. The story's funny. I I always like the overcoming the odds. Somebody's out to get us, yep. and we do it anyway. Does Raging Bull count as a sports movie? Hundred percent. Okay, I should have counted that in there. Then. Yeah. My um, my my other ones. It's kind of a long shot. You may not have seen uh, Wildcats. Does it ring a bell? No. Uh, Goldie Hawn, Wesley Snipes, um, and Woody Harrelson. Black. That's like their first movie. Okay. Um, she is wanting to be a coach. Nobody will take her seriously. They sh- uh, ship her to the ghettoest, most hardcore school. She takes over that football team. They try to drive her out. Turns out they all end up loving her. It's every sports cliche. Right, check that out then. Yeah, Wildcats. I, like, I would like it's, that. It's a high school. It's a high school football. But again, it's it's Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. 
um, long, long, long before they're anybody. But yes, you definitely want to look into that. Um, and then I put Rocky, specifically Rocky Four. Oh, yeah, you got to have Rocky. Yeah. Rocky Four is the one I love the most. But I just put Rocky in general. But um, to me, I just I love What's that the song. Um, gosh, gonna fly or Eye of the Tiger? Those are the two big ones. I'm going to look it up while we're talking about yeah, it. Though. Yeah, I won't yeah. play it because I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, but it's all good. Um, I have it on my phone, but I can't remember what it is. Going to Fly Now is the biggest one. And then, uh, of course, uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger. But, uh, yeah, so I love Rocky, and Rocky Four was my favorite. I love the the big Cold War Russian, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. No Easy Way Out. Robert oh, Tepper. Yep, yeah, that's yep. the one that I like so much. Yep, yeah, yeah. So... That was my list of uh, sports movies. You have a great list. I'm very impressed. Good, good choice. Good yeah. choice. But uh, I, uh, I wasn't sure what to do. I thought sports movies was the way to go. Good one, yeah. I do love a good sports movie. Um, I just tend to like a, a sports comedy. I came real close to putting Cool Runnings on my list. Cool Runnings is great. So that was a good one. Um, here at Deadbeat Radio, I like the group. The deadbeats of comedy. It's the reason I participate in a clique, if you will. The, and that's a terrible word, a faction. Um, in wrestling, I like well, a stable. I say stable. he had the NWO shirt. I saw him have that on. Correct. Here, so we we love that, that here. Um, we, we run Outlander Media Network like a, a wrestling stable. Um, and so I love the stable, the super group, the band versus the solo musician. So we found the magic number seems to be four. The four horsemen, the fantastic right. four, the fab four. That seems to be the magic number. So you've got one night for your own four horsemen. What three living celebrities do you call? Oh, three living celebrities. Like legit. I was thinking wrestlers. No, like, no, no. It's just your personal stable to do whatever the fuck you want to do in one given night. Wow. You got three living celebrities. And yes, you get to be part of the four. That's the one everybody forgets. Okay. So three living celebrities, you get to be your own personal four horsemen to do whatever the fuck, to go limousine riding, high flying night. Who you call it? This might be a weird one, but we mentioned I'm going to bring Jimmy Fallon in. Okay, so just be. I know we'd have fun. I know he and I would just laugh weird. at everything the whole night. We've had so porn stars to presidents. It's not weird. Oh, I didn't think about porn stars. Yeah, we've had a couple of presidents. Porn we've had porn stars, scientists, wrestlers, musicians. We've had them all. Um, I'm gonna bring Michael Jordan along. Okay, because he's I know he's gonna have the money. He, he can pay for everything. That's cool. Good choice. And he can tell me basketball stories the whole night, so that, that's even better. Um, I got Jimmy. I got Mike. Man, that's tough. Got really one tough. more living celebrity. I feel, like, I feel like my list isn't the best so far, but um, I need someone that's tough okay. as the fourth person. We're okay. some, we're gonna get in some troubles. So probably I need probably. somebody to, to. I have Stone Cold on mine, so I get to it. Handle it. Um, you know, let's throw The Rock. Good choice. Yeah, The Rock's okay. in there. That's yeah. a good choice. Jimmy Fallon. We the can Rock, all have fun and Michael you know, Jordan. Still, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was Tom Waits, Stone Cold, and Alex Jones. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I was like, that's going to be a fun night. I'm going to enjoy that. Alex is the tough guy in there, right? You know what? I, he's the biggest of the group. I would think. I he saw would be those the one. ads where he was promoting that whatever it was, the protein powder. What? What was he selling? Some <sighs> pills knows? or something? He's, I just yeah. So I I've been on I've been on this for a while. I both ironically and unironically love Alex Jones. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. 
Um, I think I, I, I just think it's great. It's like I, I love what he does. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I love the way you know we're gonna go to the website. We're gonna. I, I just think he's so <laughs> so over the top and ridiculous. Um, and and so and especially the hawking of the website. You're not you're not gonna find this these, these the, the supplement anywhere else. It's gonna That's keep it. the brainwaves oh from the government to come in. I got proof right here that this, this is only found in comets and a little bit of blueberries. I'm uh, closing my eyes to get the full effect. Uh, of it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do. I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, but we don't we don't have time for that here because the black helicopters are on their way. Um, but I just love him. I think he's silly and yeah. the, so stupid. Um, but hey, he was right on Epstein, so we got to give him a little credit. Uh, and I think he would be the best guy in the world to hang out with because you know he would be like, oh, I don't care, pay for it. We'll shut the whole place down. And you're he like, doesn't. we will. He really doesn't care. No, I think he would be. I think he has the personality. If you just took him out in public, it's what you think Ric Flair in '85 would have been. You know, yeah. like I think that he, I think he would bust open doors and just announce his arrival. And I'm like, yep, I'm going with that guy. So uh, I love that. Um, you have a wide variety. Again, as a Gemini, we like a lot of things. Um, and, and not all the things we like are quality. Again, I love terrible, terrible things. Yeah. I love disco B movies. Um, I, I love watching moronically retarded people win at American Idol. What's your guilty pleasure? What's the thing you love that you know you should be embarrassed to love, but you don't? Hmm, man. So I really like YouTube videos of people falling down. Okay. This is one of the weirdest things, but like I, I don't know. Like There's, parkour gone wrong? No, not really. Just like if someone's like maybe, I don't want to see people like legit get hurt or break bones. But if someone like trips and falls down a flight of steps, and okay. as long as they're okay when they hit the bottom, like that's funny to me. Yeah, I agree. Pratt falls are. I mean, I grew up Three Stooges. I love Three, okay. three Stooges. So good like, choice. People fall and get hurt. It's funny. When I fall and get hurt, it's funny. Yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good choice. I like that. I like that. Um, we take a personal ride here, and so we enjoy getting to know people. Let's let's take a little deep deep dive for a moment. We're gonna we're gonna zoom the plane real close to the ground, but we won't crash it. You've you've done the last show. You've you've turned off the lights on the the, the, the talk show for the last time. You've left this mortal coil. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want written on your tombstone? Man. Tombstone one's hard. Well, the whole question's hard, but I, I think, and I, I touched on it earlier. I just want people to feel good. I know that sounds lame and generic, but it's like I've spent so much time feeling like shit when I should have been feeling good. So I know what it's like. I know that the majority of the audience is there to see a comedy show, is there because they feel like shit. And so, like, if I can, if I can somehow, in anything I do, whether it be the podcast or the talk show, or just if I see you on the street and whatever i don't care like I, I want that to be the legacy that people like basically what you said about me is what i want my legacy to be like you seem like a nice guy whatever you've always been personable that's what i want it to be like i don't well, i don't think that i don't see that as a problem i'll be honest unless unless some shit changes you know real dramatically um i don't yeah. i don't see that as a problem from you if any ex-girlfriend is listening or anyone that's known me in the past knows I've done said and been through some ridiculous shit and I'm not the greatest person in the world and I've not done the greatest things in the world but I think that if I could you know well, if I could all, just, yeah if I could just make people laugh and be happy and feel good that's really what I want to do we all have and just something. be stupid I just want to be stupid nothing wrong with that stupid's fun stupid's yeah. a lot of fun yeah. well like I said that's a great answer and I, I think that's I don't think that's silly at all I don't think not having um a 
an answer for everything is, is always the wrong thing, you know, but I think knowing that, Hey, I just want to have made people happy while I'm here and I'm cool with that. I think that's respectable. I don't think there's, you don't have to have cured cancer. That's not what we're all here for. You don't have to have, um, invented the machine that changes the world's hunger. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with just, I made that dude laugh a little. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it's okay. Like, I think a lot of people have, like, depression or whatever, and they deal with things. And it's like, I think it's okay to be weak every now and then. But I think it's also okay to be strong. Like, I think that if I could be an example of anything, it's like, look, I didn't feel like doing this, but, like, I picked myself up and did it. And hopefully I can encourage you or whoever, you know, to do the same thing. That's the hardest thing to do, but it's the most admirable thing to do. I'm probably at my best when I don't feel like myself, honestly. Because when I feel like myself, I'm kind of down and I'm kind of like, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. But I think I'm at my best when I'm, okay, whatever. Like I hear people say, well, I don't feel like myself today. And I'm like, man, I'd love to feel like myself today. That would be great. Like, Yeah, I um, when I get ready to go on stage, I kind of put all that beside me. And that rush for those 10, 15 minutes is so great. It's and it's just better, like, yeah. you know. And it's like, then you go back and you're like, so why am I depressed now? I put it aside then. Why can't I put it aside now? But I- And that's the thing is like I've worn Nike t-shirts that say just do it yeah. on it my yeah. whole life. Wearing a Nike yet, t-shirt now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I waited 30 years to actually do it. Do it yet yeah. people don't understand what just do it is. It's do the thing and then you'll have the power. Right. Nike, Nike just simplified that phrase for the sports generation right. or whatever. But most people want. I'm not trying to get all preachy or whatever. No, I, I'm I don't talking think to myself. I think if it's it, inspiring. If no one's listening, like I'm talking to myself here, so just let me do this real quick. Um, but yeah, we do a it's lot like of here. that's what that means. Most people want to feel good or have like have the right feeling or have the right amount of power or knowledge before they do something, whether wow. it be doing whatever something on stage or just doing a, a job or anything. And it's like you're not gonna feel that until you get your teeth kicked in a few times. Like, but there's also a freedom in knowing that that's gonna happen. Right. There's a freedom in knowing that like I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna do this, and it's probably gonna be terrible. Yeah. But then you can laugh about it after. You can feel good. Well, about like I said, it. I expected to bomb as the unknown yeah. comic because they're just bad dad jokes, and people loved it. So I I was free to bomb, and it made it fun. Um, yeah. The big one, the big example, I think, uh, that described perfectly what you were just mentioning is parenthood. You don't have yeah. any kids yet. No, no, no. But the one they always tell you is like, you know, well, I just I want to wait till I'm financially responsible. I want to wait till I get a good job. If you keep waiting, you're never going to be ready. No. And so the best thing you can do is just say, I'm going to do it and we'll correct course as need be. And that's as a parent, that's how it works. And so just do it is the same thing. Hey, man, stop putting away excuses that keep you from doing your goal. And just do it. Well, I want to go. Nope. Just do it. Well, I just don't want to do. Nope. Just do it. Just do it. And I I, I applaud that. I really do. I'm glad glad you just did it. (laughs) That's, um, and I'll shut up here in a second. I know you're probably trying to wrap up. That's what we're here for now. um, Not at all. I I think, like, I've been reading, like, I read Letterman's biography. I've read Carson. Carson has a couple of them. Just different people and, like, their lives and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's always the same thing. People say, well, I wish I'd spent more time with family. I wish I'd done this. But the people that aren't in those positions say, well, I wish I'd actually tried to be something or do something. So I, I felt like I had to make a choice. Right. And I, I would rather chase greatness once in my right. life and put all my energy in. And then if I fail, I fail. But at least then I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish I, I'm, I'm the latter. I wish I'd have started earlier. But, you know, if I had, maybe things had changed. And I wouldn't have my right. family. Yeah. So everything goes the way it's supposed to. And you like, can't you can't play that game. And 
when you have a purpose that you're driven towards, like I said, like the universe moves. The, move, the universe has moved in so many weird ways just yeah. this year that I can't even begin to explain. Mm, even meeting good. Beth in the first place and meeting all the people that I've met that have given me opportunities. Like if I had like sitting in a book and written, tried to position myself the right way, it would have never happened. Like, yeah, yeah, but uh, you just have to um, you have to seize those opportunities when you can. For the Christians living or listening, rather, that's called having faith it's yeah. like and that's a practical version of that mm-hmm. so like i grew up in church and so that's oh, I'm, I'm a believer i'm a christian yeah, I am, so, I, totally so that's understand. the way i apply it but i always kind of uh what's the word for that i kind of normal quote-unquote normalize it for mm-hmm. people that you know maybe right don't, make it more yeah. accessible for yeah. people that don't understand because that's people understand that karma is just sowing and reaping it's a mm-hmm. biblical principle yeah but it's oh like, yeah <laughs> yeah it really is and you, so yeah. it's just like hey if you try to live right hopefully right things will happen to you it's not hard or spikely you just do the right thing exactly you know? yeah. exactly so it's a great movie well i think so. um it is a good movie <laughs> um you know what the real thing about that movie is nobody's right Right, exactly. Nobody's yeah. right. Yeah. They're all a gray area. Thank you, Patrick Cunningham, for being the one to state that if you listen. Um, nobody in that movie's right. Everybody's gray. Yep. But everybody's preaching black and white, but they're all wrong and all right at the same time. Yeah. Mind blown, but it's truth. Yeah. Um, I I think you've had an awesome list, and I would never leave you on a, a down note as what you want in your tombstone. Right. Um, well, but I just went all religious on you, so that was... Yeah, I, you know, we're cool with that. We we Anybody who's listening to my show knows I'm a believer, but I, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not right. a, I'm not in your face about it, um, but I believe. And so you're totally cool. You're open to be that here. One by the, the way, things, Jesus was annoyed by the Bible thumpers. Yeah. Yeah, like he would didn't totally want to spend time with them. Totally, so. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Something to think about. Um, Jesus would probably tell your grandma to get back in her lane. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth. Um, so let's end on a little more fun yep. place. All right. Um, you, you work hard. You got a lot going on, but when 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 there's no commitments and you can get full full choice, where's your happy place? Where do you want to be? Where's the place you would rather be when you don't have to be anywhere else? So. There are items involved in this, but if I can sit like down... Like a butt plug? I mean, like, where are we going no, with no, no, this? No, like, I'm cool. I'm, again, quite, no judgment. I'm just wondering. Not quite that. But if I could sit down and maybe have, like, a basketball game uh-huh. on, just okay. for the noise, if nothing else, and I have a large pepperoni pizza to okay. myself and a giant thing of root beer, that's, like, that's the ideal... It's just, home alone, basketball yeah, just, game, yeah, pie delivered, root beer. That's a great answer. It's a great answer. To be fair, though, I don't think of myself as being out and being like a people person like that Halloween show that I came to. I didn't want to come, to be honest. I, just, I, I should probably drive back to Johnson City. I got stuff to do. And I just anxiety acted up. But then when I'm in that environment, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to Joanna and whoever, and I'm having a blast. But like, So maybe that actually is my happy place with funny people. But I love being on stage. My, yeah. my happy place is my couch next to my wife, That's the kids it. running yeah. in and out, watching TV. You know, that that is my happy place. But... I, I definitely love being on stage, and, and that could easily yeah. be my answer, too. Um, Nate, man, you have been so so good to be oh, here, that. man. Um, thank you. I, I, I always like to close my shows with um, gratitude. Sure. And I think, again, if you're a Christian, you will appreciate um, the importance of gratitude. Yep. Um, I, I tend to believe that we would not be here without those who make it possible exactly and behind everything you do there is somebody else um the crowd the audience the the venue owner um i would have no show without wonderful guests here to 
give my listeners something to talk to, talk about, and hear. So thanks for being here, man. No, I'm really glad you had me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. It is, like I said, been an absolute blast. Um, I have a philosophy that I, I go by that to me is what I think every artist needs to be. And that's, I wouldn't be here without those listening. A crowd without a comic is still a crowd. Yeah. But a comic without a crowd is just a narcissistic asshole with a microphone. I, I start my podcast and I always say you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that. I stole that from Jay-Z, actually. It's but it, it applies because, yeah, I'm not anywhere without the people that support me. Well, so. Nate, you could have been anywhere today, but you were here with oh, me. Yeah. Absolutely. So I thank you, man, for being here on Debbie Radio. No problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.